Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball, a podcast where we chop it up with players and coaches at HU. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chopping Wood, and today we have a very special interview with the gunner from Down Under, Joel Dyer, is going to join us today. So, Joel, I know I just kind of uh, brought it up, but I was just kind of curious if you could take the listeners at home from your trip from Australia up here to Huntington and what that was like for you. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, I always wanted to come over here to the U.S., and it was something that I looked to do from when I was pretty young, and so... It, Huntington kind of came out of the blue. I was always looking to come over, but Coach Alford knew one of my coaches down in Australia, and I'd played in a couple of tournaments recently where I'd played played pretty well, and so that was always good when Coach Alford sees that. And so he gave me a call and just said to call him back and so I could talk about coming over. And, you know, I came back, talked to him again, and I was pretty much set. I didn't have a lot... I didn't have a lot of other interest from other schools, and so I knew that once I had that one opportunity, that was pretty much all I needed, and I pulled the trigger on coming here only two days after talking to Coach. So it was just something that seemed right, and it felt like I would fit well here with everyone. Yeah, you mentioned that and uh, when you got recruited. You said you really liked Coach Alford's playing style, and you thought you could really fit in here. But one thing I also wanted to mention, you had to take a 23-hour plane trip to come here to Huntington. What was that like? Yeah, so it's like split up into three different flights. So I've taken like a few different routes here. So I've gone from Adelaide, which is where I'm from, to Sydney, and then to L.A., and then I end up in Fort Wayne, or I've gone through Dallas and Detroit, so... There's just so many different ways I get here, and I don't mind flying, so I don't mind the long plane rides, but it is a long time to be just up there by myself. Yeah, I'd imagine, but uh, one thing a lot of people mention about your game, and a lot of things people love, is your long-range shooting. And, you know, you mentioned uh, your tournaments, and you had quite a bit of success down in Australia. I pulled up some of your stats from the Internet. You won a uh, tw- uh, U18 state title, a national championship, a silver medal. What was that experience in Australia like, and how did that help you come to the United States? Yeah, well, I was fortunate with my coaches. They had they'd coached people that had come to the U.S. And in terms of my shooting, my my dad was a pretty good shooter, if I would say so. So when I was young, he pretty much taught me to shoot from when I was little. And you know, I always watch guys now shoot three, so I kind of grew up with the people now that like shooting, and it kind of just led me to be a good shooter. But for the tournaments, I was just fortunate enough to play well against some good players, some dudes that are playing in Division One. So that was just pretty lucky for me to be given that chance to play against them. Yeah, and you mentioned um, you know you grew up with your dad who liked shooting. How much time do you take to per- to perfect your craft? Because I don't know if a lot of people you know don't come hang out before. Uh, the games and watch pregame workouts, but if you ever do have the chance to watch Joel in pregame, you absolutely should, because this guy will just nail a half-court shot like it's nothing. So, how much time do you spend in the gym? Like, how much time did it take you to perfect this craft? Uh, well, I guess it starts when you're younger, obviously. So, doing it from when I was little, you just get you gradually get better at it. But I would really honed in on it from probably when I was about 14 to 16. There's just I got to shoot. You got to shoot every morning and every try and get in twice a day. And then it's really just about getting the mechanics right. 
Yeah, Joel. Uh, so we were talking about that, but you've had a great second half of the season, especially down the stretch here. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose Peyton to COVID protocols, but you stepped in and you've had a couple heck of a games. What has that done for you mentally to be able to go in there and just have some of these good performances even having down the stretch? Yeah, so I guess start of the season, I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked, but you know, the team's great, so it doesn't change like my attitude towards the t- my teammates or the coaches and the coaches were always talking to me about, you know, keep getting in the gym, keep working out, and eventually you'll get your shot. And I guess it was a long time, but now I am getting a chance to get out there and play. And it's felt good being out there with the guys. So I guess just the co- it's really just the coaches continually telling me to be ready. And so when I did get that shot, I, w- I was ready to go in there. Yeah, I was going to say, you got a ringing endorsement from Coach Alford. He said after the St. Francis game, he said he was really proud of you. And has that been a conversation you guys have had behind the scenes as well? You know, you mentioned the coaching staff, and I know they're really good with you guys. So what has that been like, kind of, you know, getting that endorsement from your coaches to go in in some of these crucial games down the stretch here? I mean, it does make you feel good because, you know, it's like you said before, you're trying to get in before the game, get shots up, and it feels like you're getting rewarded for doing all of that stuff. And I think just, I think, uh, shooting with all of the coaches, they see how much time I put into it, and so for them to give me that chance was good. Yeah, they one it was actually kind of funny last night during against Indiana Wesley, and there was one point where there was four guards out there. I think it was you, Zach, Lane, and Peyton, and never seen a setup quite like that. So that was certainly interesting. But that also does want me to transition to last night. What an amazing night for this team, yeah. Joel. What was it like in that locker room after the before and after the game? I mean, before, I, I think everyone really thought we could beat them because we had only lost to them by two on the buzzer the first time. So we really did have belief. And before the game, the key thing we said was, why not us? And that was, I think we were all just ready to play. And when we were up at halftime, we knew we, we really had a chance. And then coming down the stretch, I think with about two, three minutes left, everyone was kind of getting excited and you could just you could kind of feel it that we were going to pull it out and locker room everyone it was crazy everyone was just so excited and we should have been because that was a big win for us absolutely joel and i think another thing is you've played at some pretty high levels in australia but the uh national tournament is calling you guys's name right now what would that mean to you to be able to come to the national tournament this year that would be amazing because you know it's something i know it's not division one but it is something you watch on tv about everyone playing in march and for us to be able to do that, especially only our second year with Coach Alford, it would be it would be awesome, and everyone would be super excited to do that. All right, Joel, I'm going to take a little uh, piece from Ryan here, and he likes to end his uh, podcast with a fun question. So I've always kind of been curious about this, and I thought it would be a good time to ask you. You love Miami Heat guard Tyler Hero, <laughs> and you talk about it all the time. So what really drew you to him? And I know you guys kind of have a similar game. What is it about Tyler Hero that you just love so much? Uh, I mean, honestly, I do like how he shoots the ball, and I watched him at Kentucky as well. And so I've kind of just been a fan of how he plays. But honestly, I I like how he dresses off the court, and I kind of like the clothes he wears. So that's what also draws me to him, just like seeing what he's doing off the court as well. All right, Joel, thank you so much for joining us. you got a big game on Saturday. Come out and pack the plat. Any uh, final thoughts, Joel? Uh, no, thanks for, thanks for having me on the show, and should be a good one on the weekend. All right, thanks so much, Joel. Thank you so much for tuning in to our player interview. Now let's bring in Ryan Walker to discuss Forrester basketball. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to potentially the happiest episode of Chopping Wood up to this point. Once again, I want to thank Joel Dyer for his time and a great interview. But Ryan, 
you still feeling pretty good from last night? Yeah, I mean, you you, you look back at some of the, the podcasts that we've done and, you, you know, there's a thing called March Madness and March Sadness. Uh, although none of this has happened in March yet, we had January Sadness and now we've had February Happiness. So let's let's continue that you know let's not let's not get sad here but um that was that was probably the best well no it was the best basketball night that we've had over the last four years yeah i agree with you 100 percent. and i mean you kind of mentioned it and once again i'll quote my hero john ronstein anarchy nope it's just college basketball Mm -hmm. and that's what we saw last night and what a way to do it you hung a hundred on them unbelievable at their place that's the most impressive thing is it was at indiana wesley you know beating them at home would have been nice obviously it didn't happen but if you had either or you know doing it on the road that's impressive that seriously is impressive i mean i think coach Alford above everything coach Alford submitted himself as one of the best young coaches in this league in not if in the country and it's just incredible to see what he's done you know we kind of we, we've made a few jokes about it, whatever. Like, yo, he's a stat nerd and blah, 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 blah. It works. Look what he did last night. And look what his guys did. Everyone contributed. I mean, I think everybody in the starting five was in double figures. They were, including Spencer Ballinger off the bench. And this is without Hank Pulver. Yeah, I mean, it's just everything. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination you know obviously there's always something you can improve on but i mean as close as you can get to perfect they were there yeah we were on we were on the bus and someone in the back shouted hey coach strom what was our uh, defensive efficiency and he goes don't worry about it <laughs> said, i think he said our, our offensive yeah. efficiency said, was our offensive efficiency was 173 <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> well you know what at the end of the day you know we love analytics and everything but the uh, most important analytic here one w in the win column yeah yeah that's it was really important and it just bolsters an already great resume which i'll get to in a second i was just about to transition there so welcome back to chopping wood weekly tournament talk I think at this point it'd be a crime unless we lose out <laughs> to not put us in. But here's the thing. You don't know where we're at. That's that's the only problem. I was talking to Coach Strom about it too earlier today, and I'm like, do you guys have any information that maybe the outside people don't have? Like, does somebody send you something like, hey, you're in it right now? Anything? Try, try to be great. It might help. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he he said no, not really. It, it's pretty much anything that we've looked at: the arc rating, the strength of schedule, RPI, regular rankings in general, which came out by the way. And uh. Indiana Wesleyan is number three. But before you get upset, uh, Indiana Wesleyan lost to Huntington last night. You'll be hearing this, of course, on a Friday. But the loss does not count count because they voted on it over the weekend. So. The next cycle will have at least the number four on their lost side. So we beat the number three team in the nation on the road and hung up 100 on them. Yeah, and I think the other thing is we weren't receiving any votes. I imagine if they waited till last night to do what I'd imagine, we probably— I think the one roadblock, I think if they could win out or go two of one, I think we could possibly be receiving votes by the end. But the next poll isn't till the conference tournament. Yeah. So we could go into the conference tournament ranked— Right now, we're, and I think the 
obviously winning was great and everything. But I know we talked about seeding. We got a five-game or a three-game lead above Bethel, who's in seventh right now. And Grace fell out of the top four. So right now, I think it would be Marion, who's in third, if I'm not mistaken. And Mount Vernon at fourth? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grace has had a tough stretch. As, as much as they've had a great start and going 13-0 and or whatever to start the year, they've kind of tumbled down a little bit here, and we've kind of gone on the up, I guess. So we've kind of flipped seasons. Yeah, I just looked at it. It's Indiana Wesleyan at 14-1. and uh, Marion, St. Francis is fifth. Mount Vernon, Grace, Huntington, Bethel, Taylor, Goshen, Spring Arbor. What's uh so what what's Grace's record um in the conference? Eight and six. And we're, and eight and seven. Eight and seven, and we're sixth. Yeah. So, just think of it this way. You know, it's in a scenario where Huntington wins out, say they tie with Grace, they would have the tiebreaker. Yeah, well, for possibly a I, home tournament game. Possibly we're we're there's there, we're we're flirting with it. Okay. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. I see. I see you over there. Hold on. Hold on. I think. But, well, I think the biggest roadblock to that is Grace has had a little of a rough stretch here. They got a pretty easy end of the season. Thanks. It's not too difficult. But once again, anything can happen anybody in this league. Anybody can eat, beat, eat, beat anybody. Hungry? So, <laughs> oh, I just ate. I'm actually good. All right. So, but yeah. So I mean, all positives here. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that the poll came out before the. Uh, ranking before we beat Indiana Wesley, and that would have been huge for us. But at the end of the day, you know, top twenty-five is nice. Receiving votes is nice. The oh. turn, the tournament's the goal. Oh, they know what happened yesterday. Oh yeah, I think both of our twitters blew up, and uh, that NAI hoops report um, that was definitely in on it. They were tweeting all about the game and stuff. We were, we were, we were at the top of the NAI for the day yesterday. You know, oh last yeah, night. So that was that's huge. Just getting the name out there. Whoa. Who beat Indiana Wesleyan at their place in football? On a 23-game win streak. Huh? What the heck? Was this St. Francis? No. Nope. Nope. Was it Marion? No. Nope. No. Nope. Huntington? Yeah, Huntington. Coach Alford's Huntington. <laughs> What's that? Zach Goodline had, let me see 26. here, Zach 26, two rebounds, a steal, and four assists. Uh, is he is he getting some uh, all-conference buzz yet? <laughs> Yeah, he definitely could be. Uh, he's he's been on a tear lately. He's been, uh, of course, a force all season long. So, you know, we'll have to watch out for that. But yeah, it's just been, I mean, it's been incredible. And Ryan, I think you know, they 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 just did everything right last night, nearly. And I just I, it it still just feels like a dream. I mean, I'll never. I know I said it on the radio broadcast and I tweeted it out, but I mean, I will just never forget this. I mean, it was a battle that second half and then we started pulling away yeah Caleb Middlesworth was hitting three-pointers that good line was driving it on Seth Maxwell and making it look easy and I just you know I didn't I wanted to be optimistic and I I thought of I literally went I walked around at halftime I took a little lap around their building and I was like don't even think about the win just go call the game Carson (laughs) don't don't raise expectations for yourself you did this last time we played them don't don't come plumbing down to earth and I just until I mean, not even until Ben Hummerkhouse went up and hit those two free throws to make it a hundred points, and they went to the other side and missed the shot, and they just they called off the dogs. And we talked about it there for a second on the radio broadcast. I just said, "Is Indiana Wesleyan going to keep fouling them if Ben Hummerkhouse makes these both? They miss a shot." And he said, 
I don't know. I mean, they could still try, and then they were down Ted. They missed the shot, and they just call off the dogs, and they ran back, and Zach Goodline dribbled the ball up the court, and that's when. And then a lot of fans came out. Thank you to everybody who showed up last night and were loud and passionate. And then we started cheering. There was a handful of students behind us who were going nuts, and then the team was hugging each other and smiling and euphoria. So amazing. Yeah, it really was. We had a ton of people there. We really had our own little section. You know, if you ever see like a college football or college basketball game, each team kind of has their own section of fans that, that come out. And, and that was definitely right behind us, which was really cool. So we got to see a couple of our friends in the student section. Well, not the student section, but students hanging out together and some of the parents and just the Huntington faithful. That was really cool. And they were really loud. They were vocal. And <laughs> that's really all you could ask for. Yeah, they were they were vocal for sure. That was and that just it was really nice to feed off of that too, and just unreal. But and I think one thing. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Spencer Ballinger Praise Hour. Yeah, eleven points, two rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, and once again, you know these are the most basic stats. You look at his defense efficiency rating last night. I don't know exactly what it was. It was probably real high. Well, I mean you. You look, you look at it, and you go, "Wow, gave up ninety points." Yeah, we scored a hundred, but we gave up ninety points. But then you kind of look a little bit closer into that, and you go, "Well, Seth Maxwell shot below his average. He still had a really good night, but twenty-three points, yeah, a block, five rebounds." Yeah, I mean, he he shot nine for nine for seventeen, I believe here, and yeah, it it wasn't his best night. He still made a couple really nice shots and was he's a terrific player, but. You look at their team shooting percentage from deep, held them to 28% from three. Remember, they were the number three team in the NAI going into this uh, with about a 40% clip from beyond the arc. Now they're at uh, 38%. They shot 10% less than what they have all season. And that's what that's what Huntington did when they came to Platte Arena. They, they stopped them from deep. Dan Largy, I mean, he, he went two for five. You know, he didn't shoot a ton, but he was very uncomfortable. I mean... I, Six for fourteen, maybe yeah. on that stat sheet. I mean, he's one of the best players in this league, if not like the best shooter in this league in the in in the Crossroads League. And they held him to that defensively overall. That was impressive. They made them very uncomfortable all night long. It's really the on-ball defense, one-on-one, man-to-man defense that Huntington plays. They stay on their guy and they don't let anything up. It's incredible. Yeah, and also another thing to mention is good lines match up with Pierceville. I talked to the Indiana Wesleyan University's um, color commentator, and he goes, oh, this is we're going to see the two best guards in the Crossroads League tonight. This is going to be incredible. And good line won. <laughs> Let's just say it what it is. I mean, Pierceville went 3-for-12 from the field, 1-for-5 from deep, 11 points, four of them off of free throws. What more could you ask? Zach's an elite defender. I mean, he seriously is. He's... He's, he'll get in your head, too. You know, when he wants to, when he's feeling confident, he'll get in your head. And he did that against Mount Vernon uh, the first time around uh, where he stopped uh, Hilliard, the, the sophomore. The, he was the reigning freshman of the year in the Crossroads League. That's a pretty high honor. And uh, he shut him down. And, I, I mean, not only shut him down, he shut him out. I mean, just looking at Hilliard's face, he looked like he was having the worst time of his life. Against Zach Goodline, who was, you know, clapping in his face and, you know, hey, I'm I'm right here. No matter where you go, I'm going to be right here with you. And Spencer Piercefield is a terrific basketball player as well. But Zach Goodline is just a better defender. 
Yeah, and I just yeah, you got to give Zach all the praise for last night. If he if he balls out on Saturday, I think he could really make a stand at Player of the Week in the Crossroads League. Yeah, he could. But yeah, I mean, literally, I think the one pitfall where the Forester struggled last night was off of the rebounding. That's been a issue all year, rebounding in general. But I mean, if you can capitalize off of your opportunities, you can absolutely do great. And I think one thing also to mention that really helped, we had 12 second chance points to Indiana Wesleyan's 14. It's, you know, a little bit of a gap there for the Wildcats. Points off turnovers, 17 for us, six for the Wildcats. Yeah, well, we forced a ton of turnovers as well. You know, you can't score off a turnover if you don't turn it over. So that's why that margin was so deep, but I mean, you're right bringing that up. The, the gap is huge. That's that's a ton of points off of turnovers. And Indiana Wesleyan does turn the ball over a lot. You know, they're they're no stranger to it. You know, that's just kind of how they run. Um, they're they're not perfect, but Huntington takes advantage of that because guys like Zach Goodline and Peyton West, they can take the ball away from you. Or uh, uh, elite it, point guards. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, but they, they can poke the ball free. We saw it a couple times last night. Joel Dyer actually did it a couple times last night too. I mean, they're just they're, – we got some scrappy guards playing defense and then down low as well. I mean, you talk about the presence of Ben Hummerkaus and uh, Hank Pulver who didn't play um, last night obviously. Uh, and then Caleb Middlesworth, Ben Hummerkaus, Hank Pulver. All those guys down there, Spencer Ballinger as well. They don't give you an inch really and they can block a shot from virtually anywhere so they're going to stay on you and you know Maxwell is a terrific shooter and you saw Middlesworth's hand in his face the entire night still hit almost half of his shots you know that's just how good he is but he did limit him so defensively this team is probably where they want to be um and they they cause turnovers and they capitalize on them especially the alley-oop last night oh that was great oh my that was and I think that you was know, so hype. <laughs> well, it was very hype. But I think one thing too is like you got to understand the context of that moment. There was a couple of just really bad breaks for the Foresters there. It was the late call. The late call. That was the worst one. Yeah. See, I I talked to Strom and you about it on there, <laughs> and he said the exact same thing. He echoed it. We we said we're not arguing the call. It was a fair call. It's the fact that it was. Five seconds after, I mean, Huntington was at half court running their fast break offense by the time the official blew the whistle. Yeah. And, and, and the, uh, ever, even the Indiana Wesleyan commentators thought the foul was on their guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the ref came out there and said, green four for a blocking foul. And yeah. I was like, he missed two shots. <laughs> I love the look. Missed, of- he missed two shots. Dude, I, was, but- <laughs> I, I love the look on the ref's face. He, he's looking at Alford. Hold on, hold on. Let uh, me I'm, explain. I'm, and he comes over and Alford is like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at all. And no, I was, that was that was. It is what it is. It and, was funny. It is. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And I think the best part is I went back and listened to some of our radio broadcasts, and I was like, I want to see exactly what I said. Make sure I don't have any apology letters to send out today, and uh, probably do. But um, it was really no. funny. There was a lot of a uh, gnat sound there, and you could just hear the Huntington fans in the back. What are you talking about? Yeah, That's I a know. terrible. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, we we've got a good fan base. We have a great oh, fan I mean, base. Forrester Athletics have a good fan base. You know, the baseball baseball does it as well. They have a lot of parents who uh, who like to get in on it. So I I, I love it. 
Yeah, so, but, you know, and then that happens, and there's just a lot of tension building up on that bench and, and with us and in the fan section, and then we get that fast break, and Largy tried to save the ball, and it went right to Caleb, who connected with Zach, who just read the floor perfectly, sent it to Ben. Ben read the floor perfectly as well, sent it to Lane. Then Lane read it perfectly and realized a two-on-one, realized he had a six-eight guy across for the and just threw it up and yeah. slammed it down and got the crowd into it, and I think... You want to mark a turning point in this, that game? Drop the pen right there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It was it was back and forth the entire night. But when you thought everything was going against you, I I tell this talk to Carson about this all the time. You know, officials are gonna have bad nights. Officials, um, you know, they they have they have bad games. They don't make great calls. Whatever. You have to be able to overcome that. And I think that's what our coaching staff does. Yeah, they'll get upset at a couple calls. You know, if you don't say anything, then, you know, the official's not going to give you anything really. Um, but uh, Coach Alford is, is so calm with them at times to where it's like, okay, he, we he's don't. He's a better man than I am. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, most coaches, honestly. Like, if you're not screaming at an official all night, you don't look like a coach, like to the human eye. You know, it's like, what are you doing? But they take it to a different level to where, you know, they. They, they let them know, you know, that was not a great call or, like, watch out for this, whatever. But he's established a culture of, yes, there is there are some bad calls, but we can't focus on that. We have to focus on our own game. And, I mean, that was maybe one of the worst calls all year, <laughs> meaning, like, you can't wait that long to make the call. So they, they fought through it, and they rejuvenized themselves. They, they said, okay whatever it's over let's continue they scored on the next possession they got the steal on the other possession and then had the slam on the next one yeah and that's what all worked out and I think one thing you mentioned how close it was both teams held the point held the lead at one point eight times and Huntington kept their eight at the end and just dragged it out to the end yeah yeah they sure did Carson yeah so looking ahead a really interesting couple of weeks ahead of us we got Marion this Saturday, a team that just we, – we had a really good game against them for about 30 minutes down at Marion, and then everything went wrong. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I had that game. I know we talked about it. I remember you were you stayed behind that day, and you were listening to me on the radio while I'm doing some other things, and I know you, you texted me. I was like, oh, it's 50 to 50. The forces have stormed back. And then you left for about four minutes. And I was like, okay, so we're down 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I, I ran an errand or something like that. And it's like, all right, then we're, we're fighting with them. We'll see if we pull this out. And then 20-point lead. I'm like, oh, yeah, boy, so what, what happened? Final score, 87 to 69 that game. Well, so they just beat St. Fra- St. Francis last night. Big time. Oh my goodness! What 30 points? I believe that's what they said on the bus. G- give me one second. Yeah, here. Sure I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, it was a big, big, big difference. Nonetheless, I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's going to be a tough. Well, if the Foresters can pull it out, that's another big resume booster. That's that's very true. Um, yeah. they 101 to 70. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with on uh, on Saturday. But, but I think one thing that really helps the Foresters is that they have a blueprint now how to deal with an athletic team, which is something that they were struggling with a little bit earlier in the year. Because yeah. and that's something Coach Offer brought up on this podcast before St. Francis, and he wasn't shy about it. He said they're a little bit more athletic than we are, 
but I mean, they sh- they semi shut down David Edge Asia, and then they pretty much Antoine Cushenberry was only dropped twelve, and he's what about twenty one, twenty two yeah. point average score. Yep, it was a it was a lot of free throws from him as well. Uh, good line, West. You know, they they did a great job on him. Yeah, so there's that, and then they got next Tuesday night. It's senior night. It's your last chance, maybe barring a playoff game, to come out to Platte Arena this year. So if you can, please make it out. Yeah, it's gonna be, be great. and you can. Uh, we'll see. I'm not exactly sure. Once again, we'll have to keep an eye out on who's gonna stay and uh, who's gonna leave. But that Goshen game is huge. The the team was none too happy when they lost there earlier this year. Yeah, this should be a different story. Should be, um, <laughs> being the word. Uh, yeah, they, they almost lost to Spring Arbor on the road, um, a little depleted with COVID and whatnot, but they recovered from that, and they, they kind of walloped them uh, the other day. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that from from them. But if you don't mind, Carson, I would like to segue real quick before we end the podcast to the resume. I kind of have a little cheat sheet here with me to talk about the resume because it's a lot better than what even I anticipated. So... Going through the year, remember the Missouri Baptists coming in on the on the Nesbros tournament. We beat them by 31, and we're like, okay, you know, they're they're not great, whatever. Now they're 24 and four. They're number one in the American Midwest Conference. They're number one, and they've pretty much locked it up there. Next at Indiana Tech, who has receiving votes, so they they would be in the top 30, I believe. You know, if it extended that much. At home to Mount Vernon, who's number four in the Crossroads League now. They beat him by 50. Yes, we split with them, but 50 points. <laughs> I just have to say that. At Madonna, who's number two in the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference. That's that's a big deal. Number one is Indiana Tech, by the way. Receiving votes, Grace, by 14. They were ranked at that time, but they're receiving votes now. Home to St. Francis by 14. They're number 15 now, number 16 at that moment. And number three, Indiana Wesleyan, by 10, in which they also only lost to them by two. So that's kind of the resume we're looking at. They had a winning streak at the end of December. Uh, this seven, Was it eight games, seven games? Did yeah. it clock out at? Yeah, I, something something like that. But, I mean, you look you look at this, and it's like, oh, well, we have, we have three ranked wins. Well, look a little bit past that. There's a lot of potential tournament teams that I just listed off slash bubble teams and we're, we're, we're beating them you know yeah we split with Mount Vernon but that 50 point victory does really say some numbers against a bubble team when you look at it it's like wow yeah they really they really crushed them but then you look at it as okay well they're just a really good home team well we just beat number three Indiana Wesleyan on the road we beat receiving votes Indiana Tech on the road as well uh, we did lose to West Virginia Tech on well, it was a neutral site but technically on the road so we definitely can compete with anybody anytime anywhere any place yeah i you said it best uh we'll have to send that into the uh naia tournament uh <laughs> yeah. hey, hey by the way uh, I'll, I'll make a tweet little little slide <laughs> yeah you and your tweets ryan well and then uh just to close it out we'll, we'll talk about it more next week but just giving the listeners at home a little bit of an idea then we got grace on the road which really could be a fat fifth spot we'll see but uh yeah what a great podcast what a great day i mean i'm just i i still just I think about it about every five minutes. I'm just we 
I, I didn't I, I I was I thought we could beat them I really did Joel said the same thing but it was like when it happened it just oh, the best thing ever well thanks again to Joel for joining me here today for this interview and I think we, barring a tournament run we only have about a couple shows left Ryan so we'll hope we hope we add a couple more after it too so me too well this yeah. has been chopping wood with Forrester basketball Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball. For more on HU Hoops, visit Ryan Walker HU on Twitter and catch more episodes of Chopping Wood every Friday. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Walker.